Welcome to the Limitless Energy Podcast. And my guest today is influencer extraordinaire, RVer, star of the RVers, Morton's on the mood, move, Mr. Tom Morton. Well, that's quite the introduction. Welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Glad to be here. I'm, I'm so happy you're here because uh, I kind of know you. Um, a little bit. A little bit. I mean, we, <laughs> we met back in 2018, so about five years now, um, at an event in Wellington, Texas. Yeah, middle of nowhere. You remember that? <laughs> Just a little bit. A little bit, yeah. Yeah, we were out there uh, shooting a, a movie about the RV lifestyle. And um, well, we, were, we had uh, brought Battleborn on as a sponsor. And it was, uh, it was exciting to, to, to get to see you guys there. We, had, um, we personally had been uh, really starting to think about lithium. Lithium was really just kind of starting at that it's time. infancy. Yeah, it was yeah. really uh, very few people were starting to, to, to think about it. But batteries have just always been such a, a the crux of, you know, a, a big problem in RVs for extended time off grid and everything. And uh, RVing was really taking off at that time. So um, it was it was really it was exciting to see you guys because um, yeah, shortly before that, I had I had installed a Tesla battery in my RV to start playing with that whole lithium thing. And um, we'd reached out to you guys, actually, to just, just sort of like sort of learn a little bit about your, your batteries. Yes, and you stuff did. Like that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm going to apologize now in public because we, I guess, blew you off is what we did. I don't know what happened exactly. But uh, we didn't get back to you. It was a long time ago, but yeah. I think, so, yeah. so in, because of that, instead of Battleborns, you actually put in a Tesla. Yeah, module. yeah. I was um, so I had uh, I had really known about just the, the immense benefits of, of lithium, and I was like, I want to do this in my RV. And um, there weren't really a whole lot of manufacturers like like you out there really producing these batteries yet. And I didn't know a whole lot about even your technology or something. So I just kind of want to learn a little bit more about it and stuff. But um, I have an electrical engineering background, so the I wanted to build my own battery, if you right. will. To be clear, this wasn't a Powerwall. This was an no. actual module from a Model S or I, something. I physically went to a recycler, if you will, a guy who or a, a guy who heavily modifies Teslas as well, and he had some wrecked Teslas, and I actually saw a wrecked Tesla Model S that we removed one of the... 16 packs i think at the time in that year um we removed one of these modules and i took it with me and uh modified it to work so yeah you kind of have to know what you're doing you like, very much like have not to just know what not you're just doing. electricity but a little bit of chemistry and yes. safety and, and control yes so, so what what is your background exactly then How, why did you decide to do this uh, so I, I have a uh, i have an electrical engineering degree with a, a concentration in, in power so i primarily worked in um industry uh high powered applications in industry i also did some transmission uh, i worked with uh, relaying uh, and substation design. So I, I have some, just a little bit of experience in electrical design. And uh, I actually worked with batteries as well. I worked with very large uh, lead acid battery banks in substations and industry that we use for backup power. We, we used a, a lot of batteries together, usually 110 to 120 volt DC battery banks. Um, mm -hmm. Very, very large, very, very dangerous. And um, Dan you mean voltage wise? dangerous uh, no primarily acid wise okay <laughs> if, a lot of acid a lot of, a lot if, of lead if we actually yeah. went in so these that we had to cage off the batteries um and 
just to, to keep a certain distance away in case anything went wrong or something. But if we ever went in that cage or had to do watering or anything like that, we had to wear full acid suits, full goggles. And yeah, so y you are in case of catastrophic failure. Catastrophic. Definitely. Um, I, I mean, mean, it's not like normal environment just because you have lead acid batteries there. You're exposed to anything it, necessarily. Correct. Correct. Yeah. It's just uh, we're talking very, very large banks. There's no protection on a lead uh -huh. battery either. Right. So if you shorted something out or whatnot, I mean, you could have a massive explosion and it's they're it, dangerous. It, uh, yeah no you're right it always cracked me up that people would be like well lithium is so scary and dangerous when in fact lead acid doesn't have any protections at all uh, typically lithium has at least a management system correct if you were to drop a, a bar across the you know bus bars of this these battery banks it would it would be catastrophic but your tesla module you made your own management system or did it have one? I, I it, it did not. Well, it kind of did. Um, so the cars have sort of individual management systems on each individual battery, but they actually have kind of a head unit that like manages the whole pack or all the packs together. And without, I guess, the proprietary technology, whatever they've, they've programmed it, which I didn't have, I wasn't able to actually tap into any of that. So right. I went ahead and I, I built my own monitoring and relaying system that would take it offline based on um voltage voltage current and and temperature because you can't you don't current's not really too big an issue with those packs because they can put out an enormous amount of uh, and they're they're actually power. fused each one of those cells is fused they so are if you had that at least they they are if you were to if you were to short one of those packs out almost all those fuses would pop like mm -hmm. instantly and most likely nothing would happen but the bigger danger is high voltage the biggest danger is definitely high voltage is overcharging right. um, one of these packs and it's very critical so i basically had like two layers of backups that were watching the voltage and would take it offline if uh, if something went wrong um, the the chemistry that that they use in the the cars is far more volatile than the lithium iron phosphate so um, i was yeah i was kind of playing with fire, I guess. By but you doing knew that. it. You knew how to do it. I did it. know it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and, I mean, we slept on top of the battery. So, so it was, well, in terms of um, uh, influencers in the RV space, you are pretty unique in your background. Maybe you and like Technomadia, and I had heard of Technomadia, uh, another RVer star, by the way. Um, uh, but I guess you've traveled with them? Uh, we haven't traveled. We do know them, though. We yeah. know them pretty well. Yeah, they're more... Um, uh, connectivity, uh, mm -hmm. electrical, electronics, stuff like that. Um, they were really big into to connectivity, although they actually were one of the they first. Were er they were the earliest adopters. To actually think, install yeah. a, a customized lithium Bunch of prismatic, big prismatic cells. Yeah, correct. But but you and and them were, were, I would say, uniquely suited for this sort of exploratory work in RV electronics electricity right willing to take the risk and design it ourselves mm -hmm. if you will uh and since after that time i did sort of publish a lot of my information about doing this in an rv and a lot of people followed suit mm -hmm. um there probably were a handful of accidents around that i actually know there were a few i, I know of a couple of myself yeah um <laughs> because if you got something wrong with the design Right. Because you're not having an electrical engineer overview a lot of what mm -hmm. you actually did. Yeah, I showed you how to do it, but if you did it wrong, this could be catastrophic. Right. Uh, and there were definitely a handful of fires out there in, in those early days. So, so you were you were uh, excited to apply LFP, apply a, a system with a, you know, well-understood BMS. So when – so it is – okay, let me go back to Wellington. We're in Wellington, Texas. You guys actually have – 
a Tesla module in your RV. And then we met. You were involved in the movie. I was directing it. You were directing the movie. <laughs> yes. uh, we had, uh, I, I remember when it when uh, it, it was Sean who brought it to my attention that there's this movie and we were going to sponsor it. And I was just like, a movie about RVing? And <laughs> I, I was just like, all right, let's, let's do it. You know, next thing we know, we're in... Wellington, the middle of nowhere, with all these RVers, which turned out to be kind of like a, a very early um, gathering of folks that ended up being fairly well-known RV influencers. You being one of them. Yeah, we had uh, we had quite a few uh, people that were either directly involved with the movie or had come to uh, what we put together for the uh, the release of the movie. We called Nomad Fest, mm -hmm. um, and we. I don't remember quite the numbers, but we, we had a lot of people show up, and it was uh, it was a lot of fun. It was a really a really good event. It was both uh, influencers and just people who were excited about the RV community, and a lot of it kind of was around uh, the I guess the story behind it was really around the freedom that you can attain with with RVing, and a big part of that was batteries and being able to get off grid. So. Yeah, it was we felt a, a big part of it I, I was surprised and i remember you know sean and i were both interviewed in the movie and i was asked all about boondocking <laughs> and i i actually didn't know what boondocking was at the time uh of course i've come to learn a lot about it in the last five years but uh i was more interested in the fact that the rvers were presenting this uh ability the, you know they were executing in terms of living off of solar you know, they were actually doing it, and I felt like this was really spearheading the whole living off a of solar thing that could happen off-grid. That's what I wanted to focus on. It really focused more on, well, what is, what's your idea of boondocking? But it's living off-grid and, yeah. and how the batteries contribute to that. Yeah, I, I think you're right. It's, it is, it's interesting. The, the, RV, the RV is just such a good off-grid package, right? You, you manage all of your resources, waste, water, and power. So... I think the, the RV really kind of is and was a good catalyst for that exact thing. And it does just spill right over into uh, off-grid homes, off-grid anything, really. But you're right. It was, uh, I think everyone in the movie either had or wanted to install solar at that point because it was just so exciting. You were able to see your neighbor and you're like, wait, you can not run your generator for a couple days <laughs> like that's that's incredible right and yeah. be like uh, in the middle of nowhere yeah yeah and it it, did, it really does just uh change the game and going from a, a, a smaller lead acid battery bank or even a large lead acid battery bank to lithium in an rv it just absolutely changes the usability of of the rv i mean like right now we're parked out in the parking lot we spent a very cold freezing night in the parking lot but I didn't have to worry about it at all. We had, you know, all the power that we needed, ran the microwave in the morning to warm up some tea, and you just, it just functions. It functions great. Uh, you are your own utility, though, so you still have to manage, you know, that, that energy flow and stuff like that, but it's almost fun in a way, especially in an RV. But because you guys demonstrated, um, it's funny how this is 2018. You're the early adopters. Now we're in 2023. And Keystone only puts out towables with lithium on them. You know, I mean, it's it's standard. It's standard in a lot. It should of, be. 
I agree. Of course, <laughs> you know, we've been we've been driving <laughs> that home for a while. But um, it's it's incredible how the movement, I think, started with folks like you that put it out online and said, this is how you do it, especially folks like you, Tom, that say this is why it works. This is what these are the pitfalls. This is how you you hook it all up. And then um, average people, average RVers could do it themselves. All of a sudden they're living off grid, they're boondocking. Um, and then it started to turn over to the OEMs, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think that's exactly how it went. It was uh, the, 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 the Tesla batteries. People were also using um, Volt batteries, Chevy Volt batteries, a pretty like car, like because acquiring lithium cells, you could yeah, procure a Chinese cell yourself or something like that. But a lot of times actually procuring cells out of a, a used car pack was, was easier for a lot of time, mm -hmm. a lot of people. Um, that's kind of, I think, where it started. And then Battleborn came along and offered a drop-in solution that you didn't have to know all that stuff. And that just, that really started to, it was the uh, individuals. It wasn't the OEMs. The OEMs weren't even really taking notice yet at that time either. They were looking at it like it was just a side crazy thing, you know. Mm -hmm. And then, then they really did start seeing how how much it improved the lifestyle. And I think it's a battery that you could think of as something that's uh, a lifelong product in an RV instead of a, a disposable product, which the batteries they were putting in really were. Right. Uh, it just absolutely changes how you can this use an This was an RV. investment now in your... Yeah, in, in your energy, you can you can actually uh, keep the batteries often for longer than your RV. Definitely. So how did the how did the RVers come along? So now there's a television show. I said you were the star of the RVers. There was <laughs> there was Technomadia. There was the RV geeks. Um, how did that come about? So uh, the RVers is a TV show produced by uh, a man named Anthony Nally, who is actually a Canadian. And at the time, he was just starting that. He was starting that show while we were doing the movie, and we had kind of heard about it through the grapevine, like, like, oh, this RV movements, like, you know, and we had kind of thought, like, oh, he's copying us <laughs> or something like that, mm -hmm. but he wasn't. He was doing his completely his own thing, and um, through through the movie, through just lots of connections that that we knew, uh, we kind of got involved with that show almost immediately after the movie. Okay. And the the RVers TV show uh, originally was was produced for uh, almost PBS exclusively. It was going to be kind of an educational uh, show, but then it got picked up by uh, Discovery Channel and a handful of other larger larger channels as well. And the new season is just coming out now, huh? It is. I I couldn't tell you exactly when. I forget. Could, do you remember, huh? Yeah. We. Okay, so so five so five seasons have been five filmed. seasons, yeah. And now you're going out of the country. Uh, yeah. So we we did. Um, what do you mean by out of the country? I guess. Did, did, <laughs> like, didn't you didn't you do a season in New Zealand? So we did. That? We shot. Uh, we shot one, uh, kind of a, a whole episode in mm -hmm. New Zealand. We okay. uh, we rented RVs in New Zealand. We traveled uh, both islands. However, that was a that was. A, during the pandemic. So that was okay. kind of an interesting experience for us. But then uh, last fall, we actually toured Europe in RVs. Mm -hmm. uh, we rented RVs in Europe and we shot a lot for the show. So there's another right, Well, there you go. Segment. That's what I meant by out of the country. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and then uh, and we just got back from a, a trip down the Baja Peninsula in Mexico. Okay. Um, we shot for the show as well. All right. And that's season five? That'll be season five. Okay. Yeah. 
great. That must be a lot of fun, actually. That's, uh, I mean, you're 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 used to filming yourselves and putting your own stories out. Now yeah. you're now you're the the talent. Yeah, it is fun. It's a. Uh, it's sort of similar in a lot of ways. We are still a crew, mm-hmm. um, so okay. we're right. we're 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 crew. Although we're not we're not uh, editing and producing. That's mm-hmm. that's like so we do have a larger team doing that. Is it still? Do you consider it uh, still educational in oh, terms of what you're doing? Definitely, yeah, definitely. We're reaching a slightly different audience than what we would reach, you know, ourselves. Uh, these are TV viewers. A lot of them are still very excited and, and love RVing as mm-hmm. a whole. Uh, we and we do. We do a lot of educational content through it. That's that's part of part of what we love to do is is teach and tell people what they can do. Like, like here's yeah, here's your RV. Did you know you could do this with it? <laughs> where where does it go from here? Where do you see the future? Are you going to get stationary? Are you going to get a house and do something similar? Uh, I guess this, the future is still a little. It's unwritten, but I think for us. I would love to uh, do some more. I would love to take what we've done with the RV and do some stationary applications. So uh, we primarily travel between uh, properties in, in Michigan and, and Florida. And in Florida, we have full hookups. And um, I still actually prioritize solar. So I do use a lot of the energy while we're down there. But in Michigan, we're completely off grid. And we've primarily been using the RV as the, the sole source of energy. Um, but when we extend our stay into like the fall and stuff like that, we are still limited with our solar, solar energy capacity and stuff like that. So uh, I would love to do like a, an off grid energy bank that we could plug more people into and, and do more stuff with really build kind of an off grid, uh, a whole off grid property. But we are, uh, we are dreaming of, of purchasing a home in the future as well. And I would love to take that same concept because it's just it's so much easier than it's ever been mm-hmm. to actually take a property off grid and manage your own utilities how has your experience with with the mobile solution do you think uh how how is that going to help you with a larger stationary st- solution well it's all uh similar it's all really kind of the same thing it's same stuff it's the same it's stuff it's just it's just bigger yeah mm-hmm. it's just that's basically it so uh i think you know, with a stationary application, I'm not as concerned about weight. Weight's a, a huge thing with RVs. So how mm-hmm. much how much solar can I put on the roof? Am I trying to go as lightweight as possible with the panels and stuff like that? With a residential application, I would just, you know, big old residential panels and a mm-hmm. big old grid, you know, <laughs> weld it together. Uh, but actually sort of like managing it, doing the calculations to figure out how much I need, how much I plan to use, what the seasonality is going to be, that's a, that's a big difference as well. Mm-hmm what's the lowest peak in the winter that I'm going to want to be able to produce, you know, that kind of thing. So that's, that's sort of part of it. And then uh, if you're going to do grid tie at all, I think like, am I going to use any energy from another source? If I, if I purchase a home that already has a grid connection, I'm probably going to tie that in somehow. Mm-hmm. So that, sure. that, that actually, even grid tie does exist to some extent with RVs because we're actually bringing power, yeah, shore, in, power yeah. shore power or generator. Uh, we, we, we tone down uh, how much power we actually draw from, like if you can use a small generator and uh, hybrid inverters so that you can actually charge at a much lower rate and not overpower uh, a generator run more appliances, run an air conditioner with some solar, some generator. You can mix these power sources and things like that. You can do the same thing with with 
uh, residential applications with a grid mm -hmm. tie. Well, whatever you do, I'm sure you're going to keep educating, and you've garnered a pretty good reputation now. I mean, people do listen to you. Uh, we'd love to. We'd love to keep educating and continue to share what we're doing because it's. Uh, we are always trying to kind of push the limits. Like, what what is the new thing? What is what can we do now? And that's just part of something that we enjoy to do, and we really do love to share that. So, mm -hmm. so going way back, um, you started traveling in your RV. You started uh, publicizing what you're doing, putting it out online, and started making a living at it, right? I mean, you've gotten pretty good at actually, you know, get getting, it's, it's a trick to get people to watch what you're doing. Uh, you've gotten good at that, and you're starting to l learn more about that and expand from there, right? Yeah, I suppose we've, uh, we went from vlogging, if you will, like the uh -huh. earliest days of it for us, it was, it wasn't to make a living. It was to, uh, we hit, we hit the road with the intent to sort of find something new. And find I think a that's a place. common story, right? Yeah. People who did this, they didn't do it to make a living. It, it exactly. a lot of folks managed to do it along the way. Yes. And you're one of them. Yeah. Uh, and it's, so so we've we've transitioned from 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 vlogging to I guess vlogging but on a larger scale that was able to bring in some income to um, to to blogging and now actually like a lot of marketing and as even assisting others with marketing needs and stuff like that because we've learned how to garner eyeballs if you will um, so that's been something that. Um, one of the ways that, that we have been able to make a, a living on the road, uh, we did many other things as well, though. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people are able to work from the road these days. Uh, the, the connectivity has just gotten so much better that, like with uh, particularly with Starlink now, we're able to have high-speed internet from satellites, and you're able to work from from anywhere. But as a whole, I think a lot of the uh, yeah, some of those earlier early influencers have have taken a similar path and sort of become. Um, I guess it is almost marketing in a way. Well, I guess that's the new marketing, and marketing isn't what it used to be. And the internet changed that. And when you become a personality on the internet, you've got kind of an inside track. That's yeah. I think that's exactly it. It's um, it's an audience, right? You're it's. Marketing is always an audience, whether it's paid advertising or a following that you have. You you need you're trying to get those eyeballs. Mm -hmm. So I think it's great. You kind of uh, went full circle. You, well, you you started as a tech guy, an engineer. You went on the road. You started educating. You became a little more well known, and I think you're going to be educating some more and doing some more tech as you as you move forward i think you're going to go stationary pretty soon <laughs> that's my guess so we've been on the road for oh gosh almost nine years now uh and I, I do think that we are we're starting to feel like oh maybe we should put down some roots and from the tech side yeah being able to actually build out uh, a stationary power system is is a something that i definitely want to do mm -hmm. and it I, I like I talked about earlier it, it really is being your own utility mm -hmm. in a way um, and it's it's kind of fun it's it's a it's a fun thing to do but I guess opposed to being a utility particularly with solar 
there's so little you have to do most of the time if you set it up right it just it just works it mm -hmm. does its thing so uh you just have to you know occasionally monitor it make sure everything's working properly you know you do watch those batteries you know where's where what is my my state of charge particularly in an rv you know i, I guess with lithium if you run it too low you just you know fire up a generator a lot of times or something like that mm -hmm. um and it's it's not that big a deal there's some tricks of the trade to optimize there, everything but it's really not rocket science no it isn't uh, and particularly with like an off-grid type home especially if there's a grid tie uh it can do its own thing and provide almost all of your energy needs and then you know back up itself if it needs to either a generator or the grid when it gets low well that's where we're headed at, at dragonfly as you know and you uh you and kate have been a big part of our story so i want to thank you for that you've been you've been supportive i think we've supported each other we uh, have through the it's, years. it's it's been it's been an awesome ride for sure and it's been great to see really where you guys have gone and and what you've what you've done for the industry and rving particularly it's just it's changed the game. It's gone. It's taken it from those early days of playing with flammable Tesla batteries to something everyone can do. And it just, it improves everyone's life. So Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for saying that. It's, it's been a crazy ride for <laughs> it's us. It's been a so. lot of fun. So on that note, thank you so much for being on the podcast, Tom, and hope to see you again soon. Hey, it was great to be here. Be sure to subscribe to the Limitless Energy Podcast on any of your favorite podcast platforms. 